Welcome to Getting In, a college coach conversation hosted by Elizabeth Heaton. On this show, the team of experts from Bright Horizons College Coach aim to demystify college admissions and finance. From choosing the right college, developing a payment strategy, creating a high school plan, and more. Each episode will help guide your family through the various steps of the process. Now, here is your host. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of of College Coaches um, Getting In. Um, a podcast all about colleges. And uh, you can tell I didn't write out a full script today. So now suddenly I'm lost, even though I've said this for the last like five years. But anyway, you're here with Getting In, a College Coach podcast. I'm really excited about the show today because it is all about community colleges. We're approaching them from a student's perspective, from the perspective of someone who works at a community college, and then also from the perspective of money. <laughs> and that is what my first guest, Chrissy Foran, uh, she just instructed me on uh on how to pronounce her name because I was getting it wrong. So Foreign, Chrissy Foreign is here to talk to us all about um, the benefits of starting her, um, of starting your process at a community college in terms of financial benefits. And I should mention too that Chrissy is one of uh, my finance colleagues. So she knows all about paying for college in all kinds of different ways. Um, so Chrissy, let's go ahead and dive right in. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, like what is the price difference between a community college and a four-year college? Yeah, so I mean, that's one of the most obvious uh, financial benefits really of a community college is the fact that they are such a lower cost. Um, So when you're looking at community colleges, typically the average cost of a community college, probably around $3,000 a year for just tuition and and fees. Um, Obviously, it can be different kind of depending on where you live, but that's kind of about the average. And as opposed to more traditional four-year universities, which if they're a, a state school, public school could be anywhere from $12,000 for tuition up to you know $55,000 per year if you're looking at a private school um, or schools that are on the coast, which can cost even more. Um, so you're doing that plus the cost to live on campus. So that's not just, that's not everything. That's just the cost of tuition. So the price is obviously one of the, the biggest financial benefits of looking at community colleges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think most, and I think as you said, sort of most people are aware of that—that that, that is like a cheaper option. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, that being said, like let's say even with the cheaper option of community college, is you know some people can't afford a few thousand. So, yeah. what about for them? Like, how's financial aid going to work if someone needs assistance to attend a community college as well? Yeah, I mean that's that's a great question. So, financial aid is still pretty similar. the process between a community college and like a four-year public or a private school. So all of the schools still require you to fill out the FAFSA, the federal application for financial aid um, to see if you're eligible. So whether you're looking at a community college, a four-year public, a four-year private, you're still kind of filling out the same paperwork. Um, The good thing is that community colleges are so much cheaper um, that even if you can't, if you're not eligible for, you know, grants or scholarships, you could still borrow some student loans. You could take out a very small student loan to help pay that cost for the year. Um, some of the differences can be that the community colleges probably don't offer as many scholarships and grants as a typical four-year state or private school would, just because they don't have the endowments available. They don't have as, you know, they don't charge as much tuition. So, a lot of that, you know, you can still get state aid, you can still get the same federal aid as you would at a four-year school. Um, but the, the nice thing is that um, 
you can leave with little to no student loan debt. So whereas you hear stories of students borrowing, you know, 50,000, 100,000, all types of stories about big student loan debt, community colleges don't really, you don't need to do that because they don't offer a huge loan amount to begin with, but they don't cost a lot. So keep that in mind if, if you're um, applying to a community college, the financial aid office offers you a little bit more loan than you need. Um, don't borrow everything. Borrow just what you need to cover tuition if you can do that and, and you know, pay for housing with other means if, if that's possible. So um, the other nice thing is that, you know, with a community college, if you're, if you're staying close to home, hopefully you still have the option to live at home if, if you want to do that. And that can save you a lot of money on housing and meals. As you know, Sally, living on campus in a college can cost upwards of, you know, $17,000, $18,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can live at home and go to a community college for, you know, a couple of years, you can really save on money that way too, on, on housing, meals, laundry. So even though, you know, you might be able to look forward to, to a dorm life and you want that on-campus experience, some of that can be overwhelming for students, you know, their first year moving out of the house, moving onto a campus, suddenly not being with your parents, being with a huge community of people, having to learn how to do laundry and, you know, figure out what you're going to eat every day. So, you know, some students, it works well if they can stay at home for a couple of years more. Uh, maybe they can save money and and then be able to handle a, a four-year school and transfer, you know, once they get there. So the benefit of maybe going to a community college for the first two years, getting more mature, getting used to being kind of on your own, and then transferring to a four-year school to get your four-year degree. So um, you can have smaller class sizes. There's, I know you guys will talk about all of those great things about community colleges too, but um, there's a lot of different benefits, I think, financially that, that help with that. Mm-hmm. I do want to mention, though, too, that there are community colleges that have housing. I was working yeah. once with a student who was in a very, her her home situation was toxic. It was not supportable. And yes. um, so for her, we worked very hard to find some places with housing and there and they were available. So I thought that was great. It would have been wonderful yeah. if she could have lived at home and saved that money because she was very low income, but it just was not an option for her. So just so everybody knows, there are... Yeah dorms. Yeah. And I, I did that when I was in college. I went to a community college for two years. I lived in the dorms nearby and, and it worked great. I mean, you get kind of the best of both worlds. And I know, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is a good thing too, to know that some of them do have housing. And yeah. one of the things that I did was stayed at, at a college nearby that had room in their dorms. So it wasn't the dorms at the community college themselves. It was the private school that was near it had extra room. So they offered those to us as well, which was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think it works extremely well. All right. So how does transferring work in terms of the money side of things? Yeah, so, um, you know, so if you're wanting a four year degree, um, obviously, taking a look at going to a community college for the first two or two years or so can really save a lot of money on tuition. I mean, we kind of just talked about how expensive tuition can be at a four year private, and you know, not to mention a four year public but there's a lot of schools or a lot of states that have admissions agreements with public and state colleges. So, you know, the state of California or the state of Washington, depending on where you live, there can be a lot of um, transfer agreements between the community colleges in that state and the four-year schools that you can transfer credits towards completing a bachelor's degree. So as long as you're meeting the prerequisites of that college, you can transfer to the college of your choice, hopefully. Um, so you can complete a bachelor's program after you're earning your two-year two-year degree at a community college, um, but you can so you're still earning your bachelor's degree basically while saving money by getting a two-year degree first. Because as you guys will talk about, the first two years is kind of taking those those uh, core requirements anyway, those classes that are not really within your major, 
most colleges offer them. So if you can get those classes done at a cheaper rate, then you can transfer to the school of your that you want to do your major in and spend the money in that way. So, um, and you know, if you do transfer to a four-year state or private school, your diploma comes from that college you're transferring to. It doesn't come from the community college. So, you know, j- just make sure you're working with college admissions offices on both sides to make sure that the classes transfer because the biggest problem financially is if you're taking a bunch of classes at a community college and you're not seeing if those classes transfer to the four-year school you want to go to, you wind up paying double for those classes and you don't want to do that. So you want to make sure you're working closely with both offices in those admissions teams to make sure the classes you are taking at the community college are, are worth it because you're paying so much less and so that they transfer completely into the community college. Mm-hmm. And that's not as easy as people think it is. I mean, I, I really want to encourage that people um, go to our blog site, blog.getintocollege.com. We have good information about transferring there. A lot of people assume that all their courses will transfer. It's very much not the case. So do your yeah. research ahead of time, for sure. Yeah. Save yourself a lot of money. Mm-hmm. All right. And then um, what's another benefit? I mean, something that always comes to mind for me is the additional flexibility of community colleges. They, you know, I I actually, when I decided to go to grad school, took a couple courses that I hadn't taken in undergrad and I could take them really like all different times of day, morning, afternoon, evening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that is a great benefit of community colleges is they're so flexible. Um, You know, you have classes that you can take during the day. You have classes in the evening or weekends sometimes. Most of them, not all of them, but they can offer online classes as well. So that can really minimize your time that you're spending, the travel, the money that you're spending. You know, if you can take online classes, not spend money on gas, having a car or transit. So you can even get a more flexible schedule. So if you are one of those students that wants to work during school or you have to work during school, um, that can really be helpful. I mean, you're not living on, or even if you are living on a campus, you know, and you can still go off campus and work or work on campus. But I think, you know, looking at the community college, the schedules, the class sizes are smaller. You might be able to get more one-on-one help so that you are able to work maybe more hours. And, you know, if if you can save some of that money that you're working for towards paying for a four-year school when you transfer, obviously that's less you have to borrow and less you have to pay back in interest. So um, I think think community colleges are great for that. They do offer so much flexibility in, in the way that you can take classes and um, so you can, if you need to to work outside of that, you can do that as you need to. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. All right. And now we come to dual enrollment, which um, I want to be clear about. Okay, first you start with what dual enrollment is, and then I'm just going to put in a little <laughs> warning for people that sometimes surprises people about it. So yeah, go so ahead. This, what is dual enrollment? So this is where your expertise comes in great, Sally, because I know the kind of the financial aspects of dual enrollment, mm-hmm. but for what I know, dual enrollment is basically where you're taking community college, community level college classes while you're still enrolled in high school. So we talk with a lot of kids that are, are currently in high school. They're taking classes. Some students even earn a two-year associate's degree while they're still in high school. Mm-hmm. The financial benefit to that, obviously, is if you can get some of those classes out of the way, or if you can even get a two-year degree, if you're able to do that while you're in high school, potentially you have two years of college already done. Um, that's two years less you need to pay for. Um, so I do, when I used to work at the colleges, we would talk to students coming in technically as freshmen, but they would have junior level standing because they had completed two years of a, of a college degree in our state. And so their credits did all transfer, which was great. So they really only had two years to complete at, at the college level at our state school or, pub, uh, or a private school that I worked at. 
So, I mean, financially, it's, it's cheaper. You're, you're not having to pay for two years of college or whatever. However many credits you can transfer, you're not having to pay for that. Um, maybe that lets you get out of college sooner. You get more earning power since you're finished with school later. You can get a leg up on the jobs from the kids that are already, you know, your age that are in school for two more years. So that's kind of my take on it. But, I, you know, obviously you have the the, the, mm-hmm. the genius side of it to the actual oh, role. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> no, I just like to warn people, um, like states like Washington State with Running Start, their, which is what they call their dual enrollment program. It's so popular. But every year I talk to a senior who's done dual enrollment and as a result has maybe not taken the most rigorous curriculum um, and wants to go to a school like Stanford or Pomona or, you know, whatever it might be. So I always like to make sure that people know that Running Start works beautifully if you want to stay in state. Yes. Um, at your public university, right? Like yes. that's where, because the cooperative agreement that makes dual enrollment work is within your state. So if you apply to even a private school in state might not accept dual enrollment credits, even though it's in state, private uh, institutions out of state will rarely accept it. And the more selective the institution, the less likely that they will accept dual enrollment credits, but they might accept AP credits, right? And they'll also consider AP in many cases to be the more rigorous curriculum. So I just like to put in that little warning, but if you wanna stay in state, boy is dual enrollment, just a, yeah. a, kind of an amazing way to go. If you wanna do in-state public, so. Yeah, re- research is key, I think for that. Yeah, absolutely, research is key. Yeah. All right, and then, um, you know, some students might not wanna transfer to a four year. Like, do, yeah. do, do community colleges offer their own sort of terminal degrees that are helpful? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing, you know, when you start looking into this, the community college system. And again, it depends on the city and the state that you're looking at. But so community colleges have so much stuff now that they offer so many. There's so many um, in-demand occupations, really fast-growing career occupations. There's lots of tech jobs, lots of healthcare professions. I know even like with nursing, we talk with a lot of people who start out at the community college to get their nursing degree. And that's all you need sometimes to become a nurse and start Mm -hmm. earning money. So a lot of those only require like a two-year associate's degree. Some of them even require less. Some of them are certificate programs where you might be done in nine months or in 12 months. So Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to transfer and get to a four-year degree, you know, between lower costs of community college for tuition between the minimal debt you would have to borrow if, if you're not eligible for, you know, grants and scholarships. Again, you could find yourself earning more than your peers, you know, that might have a four-year degree and you're out there even earlier than them earning and ma- making that earning potential. A lot of it depends on what you want to study, obviously, but, you know, once you do have an idea of what to study, it's really a good idea to check out the, the local community college just to see what options you have. And and again, some of that, you know, those those kinds of, of degrees or certificates might transfer. You, you, you never know. But yeah, I think there's a lot of in-demand jobs and kind of healthcare stuff that, that the community colleges really offer some great programs for. Mm-hmm. Okay, they great. Have a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look into them. Absolutely. And some of them have honors colleges. I'll just throw that out there, too. Yeah. Uh, so, They're all right. Well, than they used to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Chrissy. It's been great yeah. to have you on. Lots of really important information. Yeah, and so um, be here. yeah, and thanks to everyone. We'll be back after the break. Follow. 
follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. College admissions can be stressful, but Bright Horizons College Coach is here to help. Our college experts who worked in admissions and financial aid at some of the nation's most selective institutions offer ethical, customized assistance based on each student's individual strengths and interests. Students receive one-on-one guidance throughout the process, and our 100% success rate means all of our students have been accepted to college. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. When it's time to go through the college admissions process, look to Bright Horizons College Coach for ethical guidance and customized support. Our educators will get to know your students' ambitions and talents, help highlight hard-won achievements, and create a plan for getting into a top-choice school. That plan includes helping your student choose classes and extracurriculars, create a college list, brainstorm and edit essays, and navigate college financing options. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. You are listening to Getting In, a college coach conversation. To submit a question for an upcoming listener Q&A segment or to suggest an idea for a future segment, please send an email to gettingin.voiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. All right. Well, I'm very happy to say that we have Ryan Richardson on now. And Ryan is the all of the proud product of a community college. He started at a community college and transferred to Iowa State um, in Ames, Iowa. So um, he's here to talk all about his experience. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I'm really interested in um, kind of hearing about your experience broadly. Um, but let's start with why you began your post-secondary education at a community college. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I was actually a collegiate athlete. So, um, that's kind of what took me to, uh, to having an interest in wanting to go to a community college first. Um, my, I went to a really small high school as well. I had a graduating class of 25 kids. Um, so, you know, the community college for me was, uh, it was a good stepping stone to, to get into post-education. Um, and, and that's where I went to Iowa Central, uh, like I said, played football there, um, majoring in ag, and then, you know, that'll kind of set me up to transfer to Iowa State, so. Okay. All right. So that, um, I think that you've brought up some really good points here. So it sounds like attending community college did also give you the opportunity to play a sport that you might not have been able to do at sort of every four-year institution, right? Yeah. Correct. Uh, so the big thing behind that too was, is I mean, I could have played collegiately at, um, you know, like a, a D2 or a D3 college, but um, from a financial standpoint um, with scholarships and, and having to kind of fund my own education, um, you know, it just was a good fit for me to end up at the community college first. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
All right, great. Yeah, and you bring up a good point there. You're the one funding your own education. So we were talking about that in the last segment. Um, how much more affordable, I don't know if you remember the details of how much more affordable it was for you to attend a community college. Were there any sort of concerns about finances there or was it pretty easy? No, it was it was um, much more affordable, really. And, uh, you know, with just not only uh, an athletic scholarship, but just, you know, applying for other scholarships and, and kind of using my high school counselor to, to do some of that. It, uh, essentially I got two years education for a uh, little to no out of pocket. Okay. All right. So then that's, you bring up another thing I want to highlight. So you are one of the students that got a scholarship to the yep. community college, because there's not a ton of those, but there are some, and you, you got one of them. Yep. Okay. All right. I don't think a lot of people know that you can get athletic scholarships from a community college. So I think that is really exciting. Now, um, what would you say were some of the general pros of starting there beyond uh, the some of the ones you've already mentioned? Um, and were there any cons? Like, were there any things that, I'm not saying you regretted it, but things that might have been, you know, it would have been nice if it had been a little different. Uh like I said, the probably the biggest pros for me outside of um, the financial aspect would be uh, kind of like what I alluded to in the beginning. I went to a really small high school, so my class sizes, you know, there might have only been a handful of kids in, in certain classes. Um, so, you know, when I transferred to a community college, um, you know, class sizes were still smaller. You You might have 15 to 40 kids in a class. So it kind of still, still allowed that experience to be somewhat personable for you and, you know, your teacher, your educators. I mean, it uh, kind of felt like going to maybe a larger high school, like some of my peers got to experience. So um, for me, it wasn't like I just jumped in, you know, uh, head first into, you know, a university where you're talking class sizes of, you know, four to 500 in auditorium. So Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably the biggest thing. Like I said, uh, I'm, I'm a hands-on learner too. So that, that kind of really helped me get a good feel for, uh, the difference between, you know, making that transition from high school to college. Um, you know, cause there is a transition there too, that, and there's an adjustment, um, you know, going to class and being self-accountable and, and, you know, taking online courses, doing things that you might not have done in high school. Mm-hmm. So you know, for me though, like I said, that, that was probably the biggest, the biggest thing, uh, as far as cons, I don't really, uh, I can't say that I would feel that there was any cons outside of, uh, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword, but your network's a little smaller at a community college as well, you know? So, and I, I kind of noticed that again, when I took the step from a junior college to, Iowa State University. I mean, uh, you know, your pool of friends and peers and, you know, people that you network with and rub elbows that kind of catapult you into the career pool um, is obviously a little different than it is from, you know, being just strictly at a JUCO. Mm -hmm. Did you live on campus when you moved to Iowa State or were you still commuting from home? No, I lived off campus. I, I, uh, after my first year at Iowa Central, which was mandatory as an athlete, you had to live on campus. I actually then, uh, my second year, was able to move off campus. And then every year after that, I uh, 
I was just an off-campus student. Okay. So you preferred living off campus. You did, it sounds like, live on campus briefly, but not for too long? No, just my freshman year of college. And then after oh. that, I, I lived off off campus every year after. So Oh, so you lived, you lived on campus at, when you attended the community college. Yep, my freshman year, that was mandatory um, as a... Uh, as a, as an athlete, they, they made you live, uh, you know, with teammates, they kind of handpicked that, you know, your freshman year. So coming in, I didn't, uh, I didn't know who I was going to live with and and how that was all going to shake out. Um, and then after that, my freshman year, I was, I was able to live off campus and then that's where I just ended up living with some good buddies. Yeah. No, this is just the reason I'm emphasizing that you it was at the community college was because um, it is fair, somewhat rare. Not all community colleges have housing, but you had that experience. So, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Um, I was interested too. I mean, one of the um, sort of things that people believe in general about community colleges that I think really vary is that when you then go to a four-year college, the classes are going to be much, much harder and you're going to be behind. What was your impression of that? Uh, I wouldn't say that. Um, I kind of had a little bit of an odd experience too when I actually uh, went to the community college, my full intentions were to only go to school for two years, um, and then head back home and, and farm and, and pursue a career. Um, I really didn't have any intentions of going to a four year. So I, uh, I took a lot of my ag related classes actually, in my first couple of years at the community college and didn't really take any general education classes because I didn't you know, I didn't need them to acquire that degree at that time. So when I transferred, um, I kind of had to play a little catch up. You know, I was kind of the junior and the senior taking some of the gen ed classes to check all my boxes. But as far as, you know, credits transferring and classes and, and uh, difficulty, um, I didn't I didn't really struggle, I guess, with that. Um, you know, I probably struggled more again from taking that leap of having a class of 40 to 400, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, that was probably my biggest learning curve. Okay. All right. All right. That's great. Well, what I love about this too, is that I think people don't realize that it is relatively easy to pivot. So you had to do a little catch up, but it doesn't sound like it was really a problem when you decided to go to a four year to make that happen for yourself. No, I mean, I relied heavily on my, uh, my academic advisor, um, you know, we just spent a lot of time and uh, figuring out what I needed to do and kind of where I was at and what credits made sense and, you know, kind of how to align that schedule. And, you know, I actually worked a full-time position um, pretty much every year that I was in college as well outside of my freshman year. I, I you know, I worked um putting in, you know, 20, 30, sometimes 40 hours a week. So, you know, I kind of had to set my class schedules up to accommodate my working schedules um, because I had to pay to, you know, fund my college. So Mm -hmm. I needed to have some money coming in. Yeah. Well, that's great. So you were able to balance football, job, and school. Yep. I didn't play play football at at, uh, Iowa State. So that 
freed up a little time, but, um, you know, even when I was playing football, I still was able to make some money and, you know, find time to find work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you had a good time too, like made some yeah. friends. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've always said this. I, uh, you know, um, the friendships and the network that I built while, uh, at every level in college is fortunately enough catapulted me into, you know, my career and there's really not a quantifying dollar amount to put on what that has, you know, done for me and helped me set me up for success and just being able to have those resources and networks that I made while in college. Mm-hmm. Well, that is great. So you mentioned your career. I know you mentioned that you studied ag. Um, so what are you doing now? What is the career that you're in now? I'm actually in insurance now. I, uh, I was in ag for uh, a period of time after college. Um, I took a full-time position with the company that I interned with for two years. And then a, another opportunity arose and uh, timing was kind of right for me. So um, I, uh, I am a regional manager for a, an insurance and investment company. So I spent a lot of time traveling. I manage the state of Wisconsin, Michigan, and um, about six counties in eastern Iowa and southern Minnesota. So still so, pretty much in the ag industry, uh, just kind of on a different sector. Right. I love that, though, because... I think people think you have to study business to go into business. And it sounds like you studied ag was your final yep. degree in ag. Yeah. So you used yep. that in a different way. It was a slightly different pathway. Yep. Yeah. When you, you must be in a position to hire people. Would you ever, I imagine you wouldn't hesitate to, if someone told you they'd started at a community college, you'd probably think that was a positive maybe. Yeah. I, I, in my role, I actually have to do a lot of uh, the onboarding and the hiring and the screening of candidates. And, you know, I've never, I've never deterred anybody just because they, you know, have a two-year degree versus a four-year degree. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. This, and this has been so helpful and such a great perspective for people to have. Cause we, like I, as a college counselor who went directly to a four-year school, I can tell people till they're blue in the face, till I'm blue in the face, not them, hopefully, that starting at a community college is a great pathway. Um, but there, there are these myths out there that it doesn't work. And you right there are proof that it can work absolutely beautifully. Yeah, I've, uh, I, I, if you know my mom or about her, I was, I was never one that thought I was, you know, going to enjoy college and really didn't want to go, um, you know, and didn't think I would, you know, uh, want to leave my buddies that I went to high school with and all these other things. And, you know, and looking back, uh, it was, you know, hands down one of the best decisions I ever made. And, you know, that, that timeline of doing it, how I did it, going from a small high school to a community college, um, transferring on and, you know, wrapping everything up at a four-year school, you know, it, it, it doesn't work for everybody, but, you know, I'd be one to advocate that it works really well for me, given my situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds great. Listen, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay, everyone, uh, when we, we're going to be taking a break, but when we come back, we will be talking with Maura Cavanaugh-Dick, 
um, about what makes a community college education a great opportunity. And Maura Kavanaugh um, Dick works at Salem Community College. Um, all right, thanks. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. College admissions can be stressful, but Bright Horizons College Coach is here to help. Our college experts who worked in admissions and financial aid at some of the nation's most selective institutions offer ethical, customized assistance based on each student's individual strengths and interests. Students receive one-on-one guidance throughout the process, and our 100% success rate means all of our students have been accepted to college. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. When it's time to go through the college admissions process, look to Bright Horizons College Coach for ethical guidance and customized support. Our educators will get to know your students' ambitions and talents, help highlight hard-won achievements, and create a plan for getting into a top-choice school. That plan includes helping your student choose classes and extracurriculars, create a college list, brainstorm and edit essays, and navigate college financing options. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. You are listening to Getting In, a college coach conversation. To submit a question for an upcoming listener Q&A segment or to suggest an idea for a future segment, please send an email to gettingin.voiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I'm very happy to say that we have Maura Kavanaugh-Dick with us um, today. She is the um, Associate Dean of Academic Affairs at Salem Community College in the greater Philadelphia area, um, formerly a biology professor. And, you know, I'm sure we'll hear more about other things that she's done. Um, What we're doing today with this is just really talking more about community colleges, but sort of within the con, like hearing about it from someone who has a career there, which I think is great. So welcome, Maura. Thank you. It's great to join you. Thanks ha- thanks for having me. And I'm looking forward to the opportunity to share, you know, all the great things community colleges are, are doing. Oh, I plan to pick your brain, not just here, but actually after the call, just Excellent. so you know. <laughs> Excellent. I look forward to that. Okay. All right. Great. So, Let's start with your perspective of what makes a community college education a great opportunity. Like, why might a student think about attending a community college? That's a that's a great question. Um, and I, I think, you know, really thinking about it, um, and the name really implies it, right? Community colleges, community is part of our name. So, um, you know, at Salem Community College, it's actually our middle name. When we, we like to say that. Um, you know, we're really heavily connected to our surrounding communities, and we work really, really hard at trying to create a, you know, foster a community on campus that supports student success. Um, and we really, you know, here at our college, um, our tenants are trying to provide a personalized, uh, affordable, 
empowering, and then quality educational opportunity for all students, right? They're open access institutions. So we really work with a large range of students, um, but really it's, it's um, you know, uh, anchored in that community um, and providing those educational opportunities. Mm-hmm. So in that, things that people might think about that are, are um, you know, reasons for them, community colleges being great opportunities is that they're personalized and supportive. Um, you know, often community colleges have smaller class sizes and, um, you know, the staff provide very supportive opportunities um, from a holistic perspective, you know, whether it's advising or academic support. Um, quality, our faculty are really experts in teaching, right? So at a four-year institution, you may have a lot of faculty members who do teach, but they uh, often are asked to do research and other things. Our faculty are really experts in teaching um, and they're experts in teaching foundational college, uh, classes like uh, English 101 or Biology 101. And often those classes are smaller. So for example, our Biology 101 class only has 24 students in it. I know when I took that same class at a four-year school, we had 200 students in that class. So it really gives the students that one-on-one attention from the faculty member. Um, faculty, uh, community colleges also have great resources and technology. This actually came up during the pandemic. Um, I had talked to a few of my four-year partners and they were amazed here at our college, we were able to convert our classes uh, online within a week because our our faculty members were so embedded in teaching and so embedded in the technology already that they were able to do that um, so quickly. Um, The other things kind of thinking about the empowering aspect, community colleges are really flexible for all students, right? They provide a lot of opportunities in terms of in-person, online, hybrid. Um, a student could take a class full-time or a course, you know, her, her his or her, her course program full-time or, um, or, or part-time. Um, so that allows them to work, maybe volunteer or even take care of their family, you know, while they're going to school. At the foundation of it all, our main mission is, you know, really twofold in that we are the first step on the pathway to a bachelor's degree, Mm -hmm. right? So many community colleges are gonna offer those foundational classes that are in the first two years um, of a a four-year program, of a four-year bachelor's program. So a lot of of the colleges will have agreements with four-year schools, um, providing seamless transfer of those credits to those schools. So a lot of us will have what are called two plus two or three plus one agreements, Um, where a student can actually take anywhere from 60 to 90 credits at the community college and then transfer them. So that's a great, you know, bargain, um, you know, in terms of of time, but then also money. Um, We also connect students directly to the workforce. So you may not need to go to a four-year school. You might want to go right into the workforce. So, for example, we offer associate degrees um, that go right, connect right to jobs. So for example, one of our premier programs is our nursing program. Students can get a two-year degree, um, sit for the exact same NCLEX exam that a four-year school student would sit for and become a registered nurse. Mm-hmm. And then maybe with one more year, um, earn their BSN um, like they would at a four-year school. Again, saving time and money, but earning the same credentials um, as well. Um, also in that Sometimes community colleges offer really unique programs that um, you may not see at other colleges. So, for example, our school, we offer um, the only program in the world um, that is a program 
um, training students in scientific glass technology. So what that means is students uh, learn the science and the technology um, around designing apparatus that are used in high level experiments and labs all across the world. You know, I just talked to a student, he just signed with a premier glass firm in Switzerland the other day. So we are super excited. And you know, last and not least, community colleges are affordable. Um, and that probably came up in your last segment. Mm -hmm. um, they're a great bang for your buck. You know, for example, two years at our school, I think is approximately $12,000. Um, if you were to go to a state school as an in-state student, that's about a third of what you would pay. Mm -hmm. um, if you were going to go to a private school, that's probably about a sixth of what you were going to pay. So really, our students are gaining, you know, the quality, the, um, the personalized experience, the community, and then those um, empowering aspects of flexibility and, and transfer, um, you know, at a, at a fraction of the cost. Mm -hmm. So I think that really talks to a lot of that. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you could address some, like, I think students are afraid that it might be harder to get into a four-year college, like a selective one. Oh. You know, they're like, I know I can go to the local state school, not, I mean, honestly, which is also great, but like, you know, it's not going to work for me to transfer to UPenn or like, oh. I, you know, I don't know, Swarthmore College or something like that. So I was wondering if you could kind of address the flexibility of like kind of the breadth of transfer opportunities. Yeah, I mean, kind of going back to something I just said, you know, when you're going to a community college, you're really going to take those foundational classes, what we call general education classes. So English 101, psychology 101, biology 101, those are really the same, you know, here, you know, in terms of if you compared syllabi, you know, that's a lot of what I do from my perspective is I look at the academic curriculum and make sure our classes align with our four-year partners and even the Swarthmore's um, and, and the University of Pennsylvania. So, and so if you took, um, you know, Biology 101 with us, you're really getting all of the same learning outcomes and everything. And so those classes, we, you know, we, we will see students be able to transfer them to those other institutions. The ones that sometimes don't transfer, if, if that's where some of the concern starts to come in, is if students change their major, say they you know started with us as a biology major, and then they decide to go to the University of Pennsylvania as um, a business major, there might be a couple classes in their curriculum that that may not transfer because they may need something more specialized to business um, that they hadn't taken at the community college. But we really build our curriculum so that um, a student is going to get their Englishes, their sciences and their general education, humanities, um, you know, th those classes that they need for transfer. And I'll talk about this maybe a little bit later, but the research has shown that students who actually take a community college actually um, complete, um, you know, whether or not they get accepted to a, a high level selective institution, that's a different research question, but they actually do better in terms of completion rates at those selective institutions if they've completed a community college class, which I think a lot of students or a lot of parents don't know that um, because that preparation ahead of time is really beneficial for them in terms of the, the classes. You know, again, back to the things I talked about, they're small. You know, when I took biology 101, I was in a lecture hall with 200 people. So I didn't mm -hmm. really get that interaction with my faculty member at a foundational time where I was developing, um, you know, the, the foundations of, you know, the cell cycle and, you know, a lot of the different things that go into biology. Um, it, it was, it was really, 
I, I wish I had had a, a you know, only 24 students in my class. Yeah, absolutely. There's some interesting data too that says that community, what is it, community college graduates who go to the more highly selective institutions actually complete at a higher rate than they the do. ones who go to the less selective ones. So what that tells me is that there's no disadvantage whatsoever. A talented student is a talented student who's going to do well wherever they go. So, Correct. yeah. Correct. And I think the community colleges provide opportunities um, kind of across the gamut, you know, whether or not a student is an honor student, oftentimes community colleges will offer honors programs or honor societies like Phi Theta Kappa, which then provide, you know, uh, an, an opportunity for students to excel, high achieving students to excel. But then they also provide opportunities for students who may not be as prepared. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> they may come be coming out of school with a 504, um, or they may have um, you know, some special needs that require um, additional assistance. So really, you know, that there is the, the gamut, you know, runs the gamut in terms of support services as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so we really have to be able to wear all hats because we, we really, you know, cover the gamut. We're not selective institutions, just looking at one population. Um, and so we, we really um, have excelled at, and, and I think because we focus on student success, right? The personalized each student is really our goal um, and that we we follow them, we track them and help them, you know, to get whatever to whatever their goal is, whether it's to transfer or to go directly into the workforce. Mm -hmm. You mentioned honors colleges. Actually, Maura, you keep jumping ahead like I have a question and then you just bring <laughs> it up. You bring it up anyway. So shame on you. No. Um, but I wanted you to talk a little bit about honors colleges, like even the one specifically at your college. Like, tell me about how those work at a community college. Yeah, so we actually don't have one. We have an honor society, but we don't mm. necessarily have an honors college at our, our at our school. Um, what we have had is, you know, special honor sections of particular classes where students would um, <clears throat> be within a learning community, if you will, um, that they would be taking particular classes at the beginning of their curriculum. Um, probably more importantly is our honor society. So early in their career, they're invited if they have a certain GPA to join our Phi Theta Kappa honor society. And that it's more than just academic. So it becomes a learning community for them <clears throat> in that they are, um, you know, along the pathway of, of, you know, kind of high achieving students. But then they're also doing community service on campus with us, serving on maybe college uh, uh, committees, you know, really helping with governance of our college, um, being part of um, out, out, outside of our college um, activities in terms of volunteer um, and having projects on campus to make the campus um, experience better. So it's really kind of a, you know, an upper level experience. Although we do even have, not just for honor students, we have those experiences for all students. Mm -hmm. um, it just, you know, the research has shown if students feel connected to a group while they're going through college, they're gonna be more successful uh, individually as students. And so, especially here at the college, we've tried to find ways to help students feel connected. So our nursing students have their cohort our GLASS students have their cohort. Um, we have an educational opportunity um, a fund group of students who we've provided a cohort. And then our PTK or our honor students have a cohort. So it's really um, helps in terms of their success along their pathway. 
Okay. All right. So we only have one minute left, but oh goodness. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, but um, if a student wants to learn more about a community college um, in their area, what should they do? So I would definitely every. You know, depends on what status a, a, a student is in, but every community has a community college. So I would first find out what is the website for their community college, right? That's going to be the first place for them to take a look at. Their guidance counselors should know, should be able to point them in that direction um, of that website and give them some information. Most, you know, we have a really close relationship with all of our area high schools. Um, and so if the student is in high school, um, they definitely will be seeing the community college at their high school events. So talk to them, get to know them, go visit campus. Most of us will have senior days where students can come. If there are students who are outside of high school, go visit the community college. Most of them are open for you to just walk in to the admissions office and make an appointment and ask questions. Um, if, you, if someone came across and saw me on campus today, I'd walk them right over there and help them, you know, learn all about our particular college because we really want to help every student who's interested in getting a college degree um, do that. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. This has been great. Thank I love you for talking about me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And I will be picking your brain later. So. Excellent. Excellent. I look forward to that. Okay. All right. So thanks, everyone. I uh, just wanted to remind you to come back next week um, when college decisions are out, are going to be out by that time. So um, the, we're going to have a couple um, discussions about what we're hearing and also what you should be considering before you borrow, take out any loans. Um, on top of that, remember that we're always here at 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, on Thursdays. So come back and check us out. Thank you for tuning in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and the team of experts at Bright Horizons College Coach. Join us again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a good week.